You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to be. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Geocache Talk Podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com. And by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com. And by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Hey, everyone. Time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Travel Bugs for the music, and my patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Jeff Arbaugh, Deborah Burris, Joshua Johnson, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Teepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, and Valena Mahar. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash geocachetalk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, and other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events only for patrons. Port levels start at as little as $3 a month. Well, we have some geocaching.com news and some other notes so let's jump right into show number 23 for sunday november 13th as i welcome my friend jennifer kidder of team ajk to the show welcome to geocache talk thanks great to be here or team magic i like to do it either way (laughs) it actually is ajk but that's okay i know that see i I knew that because we've been on shows we've been on uh, cash release together so i i knew that and i've listened to you many times on other shows so i really appreciate you uh, coming on tonight we're going to talk about puzzle creation and of course other stuff about puzzles but our goal tonight is to get everyone out there to go make a puzzle cache right jennifer (laughs) make a good puzzle cache there you go excellent But before we do that, we're going to, uh, a couple of things I want to mention um, before we, we jump into that portion of the show. Um, I announced this week, and uh, we'll be, I'm going to be talking about it for the next couple of weeks, but um, we're going to be doing a special podcast on December 3rd, December 4th. I'll get the date right here. December 4th. Um, I'm calling it the Podcast of Hope. It is a eight-hour marathon podcast, which will be a lot of fun. It's um, the the we're raising money for supporting uh, Saint Jude and their life-saving mission of finding cures for children battling cancer and other life-threatening diseases. And so, uh, need everyone to to help uh, help us reach our goal. We're uh, our goal is to reach is to raise fifteen hundred dollars. Uh, for for them uh, and have a little fun, a little holiday show. 
Um, it's going to be great. We got, and it's not going to just be geocaching. We're going to do some other items. Um, I got information on the website. We're going to talk about uh, holidays in Ireland, which should be really fun. I've got Sarah's going to be on the show uh, from, we've got kind of an international lineup here, Jennifer. We've got Sarah's going to be in, is in Ireland. We're going to talk about uh, her holidays there. We're going to talk about gadgets. As you can imagine, I'm having Daryl on the show. <laughs> talk talk holiday gadgets because you know him he's a gadget guy <laughs> and um different different items uh different topics as we go through the show um the show starts at 4 p.m goes till midnight on december 4th so check that out uh, information's on the website um i'm gonna mention one more time for for now and might mention it uh next you know down the road but there's some more of these coins this is the coin. Um, make sure I do it without the number on it. There we go. Yeah. Um, focus. That's okay. There we go. It's a. Uh, it was a fundraising coin that Treasure did for the movie uh, that's coming out uh, next year. Uh, back of the coin, but um, they're twenty-five dollars. Um, but they're for fundraising for the movie. So you get a coin. You also get to see the movie early, which I think is kind of cool. He's going to give you access to the movie so you can see it before it actually comes out um, in the theaters. And to, to buy the coin, it's, again, it's $25 and um, you can give it like PayPal. Uh, but the, the address uh, to find more information is Sunfire Films Info at gmail.com and it's in the show notes remember the show notes are now um, there's a uh, link on the web page uh, for all the show notes in case you ever need to go back and find information uh, there's a page uh, on the web uh, talk.com we're going to talk a little bit also about this uh, announcement that came out this week about the lost ape cash um, note um as everybody probably knows, or maybe not, but uh, there was several uh, caches that were cr were created in 2001 when the first remake of the Ape uh, Planet of the Ape movies came out. There was f some people said 14. I don't know if it's 13 or 14, but anyway, um, there's one left. It's in Brazil. Uh, I did a show with uh, Rock Chalk about it, which is. I thought it was really good to hear from him about his travels to Brazil. Um, but they found the container. <laughs> so, um, and it's huge. Did you see that? Do you see how big that ammo can yeah, was? It was a neat story reading how they figured people maybe couldn't have taken it that far. <laughs> and so they decided to go look and darn if they didn't find it. It was just too bad. They didn't think of that a while back you know i know i know and people could have gone out and yeah so i don't know what they'll do i don't know what what, what do you what do you think they should do now that they've found the container i i don't know i heard some suggestions about putting it at ground speak which sounded like kind of a fun a fun thing to do yeah i don't know i'm not <laughs> likely to go to brazil to do the other one so you know yeah although that sounds like yeah that, that trip to brazil though sounds like a fun the guy that can that that maintains that cache. You get to go to this um, 
preserve and there's a place you can stay and there's a lot of it's not as difficult as I think some people might think. But yeah, if they put one back, they put one in the back in Seattle. I'm thinking if they reactivate it, um, you know, I think I'd, you know, it'd be much more incentive for me, I guess, to go all the way up there for the Project Ape uh, mega event and go catch that. Uh, I'm hoping they reactivate. That's just me personally. My, my others. So we'll see. But Well, tonight, uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to talk a little bit about puzzle creation and sort of puzzles in general. And um, we've both created puzzles, right, Jennifer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yours have been more successful. I've done just a few more puzzles than you have. But <laughs> yes, you have. And you've solved a lot more than I have. Um, I should say I have, I have, I have solved some but very few. Um, you know what's funny about those, Jennifer, is the ones I've solved were kind of because, um, you know how they've done those things in the summer where um, like there'll be a week where you need to find a multi, or yep. you, need, you know, there, yep. was, there's, there was one a couple of years ago where uh, you had to do a puzzle. Yep. And so sure enough, they've forced me to do a puzzle so people like those uh those souvenirs so exactly so um you know that's what kind of um did that but so before we get into that even um and like i mentioned you know uh you and i we talked on cash release but i kind of want to go through a little bit about your background uh for some people that may not may not know who you are um Talk a little bit, uh, if you would, about just where you even first learned about geocaching. I guess it was back in the summer of uh, 2010, and uh, my son was in Boy Scouts, and we had a new puppy, and I just had heard about it. I'm pretty sure through Boy Scouts, um, they were promoting it, and uh, I thought it sounded kind of fun, you know, something to do with with my son and the dog get out and and we just sort of looked at the site and looked on Google Maps and we did our first couple of caches with not even with a GPS just from looking at Google Maps and uh, right I thought it was a hoot I mean I felt like Nancy Drew you know going out and hunting for stuff and <laughs> I, I got hooked on it really quickly we had some fun he didn't want to go every day and and in the times he didn't want to go out I would work on trying to solve puzzles so we'd have more to choose from when you know he was interested in, in going and he unfortunately you know he liked going caching but um he didn't like having to ride in the car very far to go and he didn't like DNFing and you know <laughs> I was kind of like you know we walked all this way we got to spend five more minutes looking but anyway so <laughs> I, I hope I didn't uh, turn him off of it but anyway I got hooked and stayed hooked and you know here I am but that's the three the three initials in in our our name were for my son and myself and the dog so that's where the AJK comes that's from right which worked out great. You've got like a little puzzle inside your, even inside your uh, geocaching name, <laughs> Team Magic. Yeah. Um, so now he doesn't go with you. I mean, now who goes with you geocaching most of the time? Well, when, when you go geocaching, I, I often cache alone just because I either am 
focusing on puzzles or I'm just kind of doing the ones I want to do, but not, it's really not exclusively. I have several different friends that I go with around here. Um, my friend Cheryl's probably the one I've cashed with the most and she is not a puzzler at all, but uh, we made a really great team because she can bushwhack through anything <laughs> and she is completely fearless about climbing up into something or down into something. And uh, she got me into some places that I never would have gone myself. So um, we, we made a very good team and uh, I do good. have some other friends that I cash with. And, and I like to meet up with other cashers that I maybe haven't met yet. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm traveling somewhere, I'll have um, corresponded with somebody and I'll meet up and, and do a cash or two with them, or I will, you know, have a meal with them or something. And, and mm -hmm. same when people come through Ithaca, I encourage them to uh, stop and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll take them to some caches or have a meal. And I've done that with quite a lot of out of town cashers. The recently, um, just within the last week or 10 days, somebody from Ohio was coming through that I had talked to, oh, cool. but never met, you know, but we, yeah. we had a great time getting together. And so it's, uh, that's awesome. Lots, lots of great people. Yeah. You know, that's, um, something, you know, and usually it's, it's Susan and I that go, uh, geocaching together, but once in a while we have a little group here in the area where the, the Motley caching crew, uh, we go out together, <clears throat> uh, and um, it's kind of fun. I think that <clears throat> if people do just solo geocaching, I think once in a while it's kind of fun to have somebody with you um, just to kind of, like you said, you know, Cheryl kind of poked and pried you along to some that you may not have ever done. Yeah. You know, and, and having those extra eyes, my goodness, it really can help. It does. I tend to look where I think I would put it or where I think it ought to be rather than where it is you know so it's it's definitely yeah. nice to have some help well that's for sure um so and we've you're you're in again you're up in Ithaca so right but you've traveled and you've done you've done caches in a lot of places what are some places that you've yeah you know memorable? it's funny growing up we traveled a lot and um obviously that was before geocaching and sure. then when when my kids were little we didn't travel very much. We went only to see family, you know, not, not traveling so much, but uh, with my kids getting older now, um, I've had to travel some with them, you know, going on college visits or swim meets or whatever, you know, stuff like that. And uh, did a little more traveling, but I actually have started doing some exclusively geocache traveling. Oh, cool. um, first we started out, uh, Cheryl and I did some short trips around here. We'd, you know, go to Rochester for the day or we'd go somewhere else for a day trip. But then we started expanding. We went up into Canada and stayed for an overnight. And oh, neat. then, uh, I've got, we've, we've done New York city. I've done New York city with several different people uh -huh. uh, for day trips and overnight uh, doing central park um, caches, you know, the gates of central park, uh, Cully longs. Yeah. Awesome puzzles and um, oh, talk, talk briefly about what well, I've heard about this. What kind of in a nutshell, what, what is it about or what is that? Well, Central Park has, I think, roughly in the neighborhood of about 20 different gates that are around it. And it's not like a gate that crosses the park, you know, to close it. It's more just like an entryway to get into mm -hmm. the park. Okay. And they were created with different themes. And so he created a puzzle built around each one of these different themes. And they're oh. just a very... Um, wide variety and a lot of fun different styles of puzzles and different difficulties and uh i kind of made it a point to do you know as many of those as i, I could and they're all over the park and it, it's a great way to explore the park you know right. just wandering around and and so i i think it took me 
at least two different visits to to get most of them and uh it was a lot of fun but you know then we started traveling farther even than just you know within a few hours um cheryl and i went to florida oh and wow. that's awesome did the uh e peter so two uh geocaching puzzle um puzzling 101 series and uh they are excellent puzzle anybody that wants to learn how to do puzzles he's got like 10 lessons and then your final exam supposedly that you uh interesting okay. uh, then apply all these lessons you've learned and that was a lot of fun and we met up with him while we were down there and uh that was really really super and uh the the biggest coolest trip that i took um was for a week out in the san francisco bay area and uh, lots and lots and lots of amazing puzzles and puzzlers out there, uh, including Russ, who was Russ. on the show last week. That's that's when I met him. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. We talked before the show a little bit about uh, meeting Russ, and Russ seems like a, a such a such a great guy. Um, but it's very interesting when I first talking to him. He's he was very FBI agent. Uh, <laughs> but he, uh, after talking to him a while, he kind of, you know, he kind of opened up a little bit about himself, but you said that he was, uh, uh, just a fun and interesting guy you got to meet and meet his yep. wife. And yeah, yeah. We spent several hours one afternoon, you know, just, just talking about caching and puzzles and his books and, you know, kind of everything. And, um, a, a number of the folks out in California took, you know, took time to, um, you know, get together with me and show me around and, and do different things. And it was a real, a real treat. Neat, neat. Okay. Yep. But you know, I have to say okay. the geocache puzzling takes me to even more places than That's I may true. ever actually physically visit. Cause I can do the puzzles and I can look on Google maps and see where it is or on street view. And I can look and see, you know, I've even, I've seen an actual cache on street view. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like uh, I, I travel virtually, you know, all around uh -huh. the world. And uh, I do have friends that travel a lot more than I do. And I've worked on puzzles with them that, that uh, they've, we've kind of, you know, they never signed me in or anything, but I feel like it's kind of a joint effort, you know, when they can be in Italy or France or New Zealand or Russia or somewhere and, and be logging a find that, that uh, we worked on together. So oh, that is that's a lot, of, a lot of fun. That's something you know we'll we'll talk a little bit tonight, and I think some people don't realize about puzzles uh, is, uh, and the beautiful thing about about people who love puzzles is, um, you can solve the puzzle, uh, you know even if it's far away. I mean you've solved the puzzle, you haven't found the geocache, you can't claim it, but you could do. Um, do do people still mark them FTS that they first to solve? Yep, you can certainly if you're if you're the you know definitely the first solver you can you can mark right. about that or brag about it or put a bookmark together mm -hmm. or um, I like to write notes sometimes right. on yeah. on puzzles that I particularly enjoy that I you know probably won't ever get to go to but you know maybe I will so why not and it, I like to um, thank the person that wrote it and tell them mm -hmm. I enjoyed it and you know just say hello from a long way away that can be fun. You know, I think that's important too. If you are solving, in, in my opinion, if you are solving a puzzle of someone's, I think as a cache owner, because I, I have, I do have a lot of caches, 
I, I would I do appreciate if somebody does solve the puzzle even I've only got a handful but if they do write a note I I, I really as a cash owner I really appreciate that so I do appreciate the fact that that's what you're doing as well is letting the cash owner know that you enjoyed this it was fun you you know it, it meant something to you uh, you know and so uh, well that's part of why I started doing my geocaching blog you know is to kind of say wow, people are putting these awesome puzzles out and maybe they're not getting as many views as they could, you know, if they're in an area with not a lot of people that puzzle. And by putting them out there to a wider audience, it gives them, you know, a little more exposure and a little better chance to have other people enjoy them when they put all that work into creating them. No, oh, I agree. I love that. So, um, let's see. Um, since your experience is a little different, why why do you like what what do you like most about geocaching? You know, there's a lot of things I like about geocaching, and this is going to sound really corny, but um, a while back I was out with a friend of mine. We were caching, and I said to her, "Yes, yeah, said you know, I had a dream last night that somebody asked me why I like geocaching." And in, this is in the dream. The answer that I gave, without even hesitating, was that it was good for my soul. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and, you know, when I thought about it, I'm like, why in the world would I say something like that? But I think there's so many aspects of it that I appreciate. You know, it gets me outside when I'm actually caching. And even growing up as a kid, I was not playing outside a lot. I wasn't really outdoorsy. Mm -hmm. And uh, getting me outside and in the nature and out in the woods, you know, I, I just, I really like that aspect of what it does for me um it makes me challenge myself certainly physically when i'm hiking or climbing a hill or getting down in the gorge or whatever to, yeah. to find a cache it challenges me mentally looking for caches or solving puzzles um i've learned so many amazing new things through my puzzle uh obsession and um the people i've already referred to yeah. you know i think geocachers are some of the kindest and most interesting and most generous people. I mean, when you think about geocaching as something that we create for each other, right? every cache that you go to, somebody has put their time and their effort and their resources into putting out there for you to do. So I, that's something that I really, really appreciate about it. And um, it also, you know, when I'm putting out caches or creating puzzles it, it gives me that opportunity to be creative and um and you know give back to something that's meant a lot to me so that's that's, that's what i think yeah no that's that is really good it's a good you know it's something i'm i'm always like to try to capture is what does it mean to me but i also just love to hear what it means to others because I, I i and and I love that. Good for your soul. You know, that's, that, that is so key yeah. and trying to explain, <laughs> trying to explain to people, you know, it's always good to hear the different stories, uh, different, not well, stories and, and reasons. So, you know, that's, you know, I, I really, I really do appreciate that. So, um, well, let's, um, let's, let's talk then about, uh, puzzles because, you know, um, you, uh, BG, before geocaching, uh, growing up, did were you someone who um, just did puzzles, um, either 
well, diff- different types, either either puzzles that are written or, um, you know, different types of puzzles. Is that something you did as a kid or? Yeah, you know, I always liked um, different kinds of puzzles. I think I've been exposed to so many more kinds now, but I always was interested in, um, you know, different ones, different um, logic puzzles and crossword puzzles and a, a few Sudoku's you know, here and there and even jigsaw puzzles and um, different kind of little physical puzzles. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, geocaching come, came around. And then um, when you first, I guess, saw, you know, once you kind of learned about geocaching and you first saw your first question mark, what was it like in in what were your thoughts about the fact that you could that puzzles were now something that is combined with hunting for yeah i thought it just added a whole nother level to the hunt you know mm-hmm. because you're not just going to tell me where to go look but now i have to figure out where to go look and there was that that whole kind of nancy drew thing you know i've got to interpret the clues and i've got to find the secret and you know i it just it just really resonated with me and i'm fortunate that around here um i had some that i could get into that were very straightforward you know didn't have to really um you know hunt for the puzzle or anything they're were, they were quite straightforward but then there were some others that i saw that um you know, I knew people really liked them and they, I don't know if we even had favorite points at that time, but you know, they got great logs and people enjoyed them and, and I could not figure out what in the heck was going on. And I just, you know, (laughs) it was like this little, this little challenge in my head, like, you know, I got to figure out what they're doing. What what are they doing? This is good. I kind of wanted in on the secret, you know? (laughs) So that was part of why I started looking for more and more puzzles to solve. I thought, you know, I just, I haven't seen enough. There's got to be something more to this, you know, than, than just these straightforward ones. And so that's when I really started looking and, and getting better. And, and um, I may have reached out for a, a hint or two. I, you know, I kind of resisted that. I think at first I thought, you know, I, I can do this. I got, I gotta, you know, figure this out. But um, once I started, you know, getting in the groove and figuring out what they were doing and, and knowing what to watch for and figuring out where they were dropping little breadcrumbs that were going to lead me along the way. Uh, I just, I was totally hooked. Awesome. Uh, Russ, by the way, is in the chat and he says, uh, it was fun catching with you out here, Jennifer, take another trip to the Bay area. So he's, Oh, <laughs> I would love to, I, I hope to, you know, I, my daughter actually might think about going to grad school out there. So I'm thinking maybe if she wants to go visit uh, that oh, I'll cool. go along with her. So oh, well, there you see. go. There's, there's a, cha- there's yep. a chance. So yeah, right. I would love to, um, you know, um, uh, something that, uh, like I said before, you, you, you and I were, were on, uh, I, I, uh, coaxed you into being on cash release back uh, when I was on that show. But what's funny about that is, is that you and I, um, I first heard you uh, on gear, geo gearheads. Uh-huh. And um, at that point I had never done a puzzle. And so you really, you know, with, with you know, by, by me listening to the show, it really encouraged me to put one out. Uh, put it, put a, put a uh, one out. And what was what was fun about it was I actually emailed you and I said, "Hey Jennifer, take a look at this puzzle for me. Tell me what you think." And I thought, 
she's busy. She's not going to mess with me, you know? <laughs> and I got this nice email back from you. I don't know if you remember this uh, years ago when we talk, first talked and you did such a great job. You, uh, and I don't, I don't want to set you up for having to do emails for the rest of your life, but <laughs> oh, um, I already do. So, <laughs> <laughs> but well. uh, uh, it was really nice. And you went through and what's funny. And we're going to talk about uh, uh, if everybody wants to pull up this geocache, um, it's uh, GC5 CPZR, uh, cat, tall, zebra, rabbit. I don't know the actual <laughs> terms. I, I know the guys will shoot me for not remembering their actual <laughs> codes, but that's it. GC5 CPZR. Pull that up. It's called the Riddler. We're going to talk about that for a moment uh, right now. But um, the funny thing was... Um, I sent it to you and you looked it over really nicely for me and you sent me this nice email. I probably still have, it. I need to dig it up. But one of the things you said was, cause this was my first puzzle creation was this one. And you said, you remember this? Yeah, I what, know where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> you might want to be careful about using a website that's very specific. And I said, Oh, thanks, Jennifer. I appreciate it, but nah, I'm fine. <laughs> well, um, lo and behold, a little while afterwards, somebody tried. At first, it was fine, as you probably would, would guess. Everything was fine. And then a few months went along, and somebody sent me a note. And they said, hey, um, the website that you're using is part of this, this uh, puzzle? It doesn't come up anymore. I'm like, oh no. So I go look, and of course, the that website is just gone, completely gone. So, what I, first thing I thought of Jennifer was, Jennifer's right. I shouldn't have done that, <laughs> but but I did fix it. We talked about this before, so I went to a more um, generic. But um, I kind of I'm gonna you know like I said I don't do a lot, but I kind of like this one. Do you like well, it? Yeah, I mean, you got a cipher in there, and that's that's fun. And uh, I think, as with a lot of things, if it's got a whole lot of moving parts, you know, you um, have to be very careful about how it's set up and, and just sort of be aware of what information is out there. And the one that you happen to use, the website, it just treated it in kind of a different way than some of the other ones did right. and that's why you really did need that one website so i think you know making a more general case you know if if the only source of information that you're using is one particular wikipedia page you know and other sources are going to have different information or you have to realize wikipedia changes you know right <laughs> um, that happened to a puzzle that my son made it was about the moons of jupiter and the Wikipedia page kept changing and changing. And, you know, every six months or so we'd start getting emails. Yeah, this doesn't work anymore. And we have to fix it. So it's just something you have to be aware of, you know? So if, if you're going to use a very specific reference or some sort of a tool, you know, first of all, you got to point people in the right direction, but you also have to be aware that it can change or disappear. Yep. So, yeah, you know, that's something, that I think we want people to make puzzle caches. Yep. But 
we want to make sure that, or if you're going to make a puzzle cache, I think you, you're, we talked before the show is your, your suggestion is don't start with a bunch of crazy parts. Like I did in this one, <laughs> go a little smaller, right? To, for your first one. I do think starting small is a good idea. You know, some people get so excited and they're all ambitious and they want to make this really cool, really hard, you know, thing. And, um, it's hard to write a hard puzzle and do a good job at it. Um, and you don't really realize that until you start writing them and um, kind of analyzing what you're doing and getting feedback from people and then moving on from there. I know the first one, um, I started this series and I was going to put out one every month and I did the January one and I was all excited. And then I realized later, I was like, oh man, I made this too, too complicated. And the way that you get the coordinates it's it doesn't work the way I thought it did and people are misinterpreting it and you know I, I look back at a lot of the early ones I did and I I think I would definitely do them better you know if I use that same idea now because I, I've learned a lot so um, that's one reason not to make a really hard crazy one um, at first um, another reason is that the people that are doing your puzzle um, may have a hard time with it just because they don't know how you think or they don't know what your style is or they don't know your, you know, your tricks. And um, so starting out small and getting more complex and, and making things trickier, I think people are more willing to come along for the ride with you if they trust you, they've seen your work, they know they've enjoyed it before, and then you can kind of build up to something that's nice and juicy and they'll they'll go with you that I've seen that a lot around here. People that, you know, have never done puzzles and have, you know, hated puzzles or whatever. They're trying them now and they may not get them immediately and they might need to ask a question here and there, but they're at least willing to try. So I think that's a, yeah, that's something I don't, I, I think, I don't think I really thought about before. And the fact that, you know, maybe with, maybe just, you know, with puzzle caches, you do have to kind of build up a sort of a trust factor. You do. Cause you're asking people to invest this time and, you know, assume that they're going to get some enjoyment out of it. And, um, I think you gotta, you gotta, you do have to build that trust. And I, I really do appreciate on that one that, that you were able to help me t test that one and, and, uh, fun fun interaction uh, with doing that one. Uh, and I know you've, you, you've done several um, helping different people over, uh, as time. Yeah, I really enjoy doing that. I, I see some interesting things. I see different um, parts of the world and, and different, um, you know, cashers that I maybe haven't seen their work before or some that I know are really good and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next. Uh, I love seeing those messages come in and you know oh you think you could test this for me and it's it's fun you know it's it's a lot more fun than grading papers or yard work or some <laughs> of that other stuff I should probably be doing. doing so um I I do enjoy doing that and you know your response it's kind of like I know um when Cully Long was working on his uh his puzzle cache book yeah he had been here in Ithaca and we had had dinner and I had said uh you know, I'd love to help him with that if I could. And he sent me a copy of an early version and I took some time and wrote back, you know, several pages of comments and analysis for chapter one. 
And I was like, okay, you know, give me a, give me a few days and I'll, I'll write some more about the next chapter. And I think he was kind of shocked that, <laughs> that I actually meant that I really would help and I was mm-hmm. interested and wanted to promote it. And, well, you know, you know, I think it's great how well that book mm-hmm. has done. And it, uh, I just, anybody that wants to do anything to make puzzle caching better or more fun or more popular, I'm all for it and I'll do anything I can to help. Awesome. We, we do that, you know, and <laughs> you speak about resources. That's one of the resources that uh, we had in our notes was about mm-hmm. how to puzzle cache uh, that, that, that book by Cully. Um, you know, um, I've, I had a copy of it, uh, but I bought it as part of a gift or a, as a giveaway, but I do have it on my Christmas list. I, I want to hopefully get that uh, cross my fingers that mm-hmm. San, Santa brings me the, the Cully long book, but that's a book that I think um, I, I really, I really like, um, I think it's great for people who do puzzles, but also people who are like me who are trying to get better mm-hmm. because of the way he, cause I was able to look through, you know, parts of it, but I like, I like the way he formatted it. I really enjoy, you know, his, the way he put them to put them together, I think is, uh, a, such a great way to make that into such a great resource. Yep. It's, it's good just to kind of sit down and read through and then you keep it on your shelf and you can go back and look up something. I there's one particular section on some of the, um, the image stuff that there's some stuff I know that's in there, but I don't always remember how to do it. And so I'll, I'll pull that back out and I'll say, okay, this is what I need to do. And, you know, to go through the steps. So and, yeah, it's a good and one. Something I forgot to mention at the beginning, but I want to mention now is that this is puzzle week on the podcast. Um, Jennifer's going to be on geo gearheads this week. Uh, one of my favorite shows, and you're going to be talking about ciphers mm-hmm. with, the, with the boys on that one. So that'll be uh, a good show. So catch that show this week. Yep. And so that's kind of neat. You know, um, something we, uh, uh, we talked about before the show started in Jennifer gave me a zinger, uh, as we were, before we started the show. And I said, you know, I need to look for puzzles, um to do and um you know there aren't you know there's none right in my general area and all that and you said go to the go to the geocaching puzzle of the day you can work on puzzles to your heart's desire so it's true it's true that's so true (laughs) wrapping Uh, up my sixth year now on of this so that's a lot of puzzles (laughs) well that is awesome so everybody that is listening to the show don't forget Go on out there and take a look at it. It's geocaching puzzle of the day dot blogspot dot com. Yep. And I have all different kinds and all different difficulty levels. Um, weekends tend to be a little on the easier side. I found that people um, tended not to look at it as much uh, over the weekend. I think they're looking at it at work. So <laughs> um, Fridays tend to be the the toughest ones but I've got all difficulty levels sprinkled through there and if anybody has any um, that they've written or enjoyed that they think other people should get to see feel free to send them along to me and I'll check them out and see if I can work them in and then uh, you, you uh, I knew about those but I did not really know about this next one the geocaching toolbox tell us a little bit about that one that's a website that uh, 
I think has just kind of grown a lot and it's sort of reached a critical mass where a lot of people are using it and looking at it. It has a lot of different resources on it, different tools and, um, it does. I'm looking at it right now. That is yeah, cool. there's a lot in there. So I think if, good. Yeah. if you're interested in um, getting into making your first puzzle or maybe if you're doing a, like a series for a little art or something and want it to be just maybe a little more than just like a Google trivia type thing, um, Geocaching Toolbox has a lot of neat ideas and, and a lot of people are aware of it. So it's, hey, it's, it's not you're not going to make it too hard, you know, by right. using stuff that's on there. It's got my ADF GX ADF yep. GVX cipher in there. Yay! Yep. Yep. <laughs> yes, yep. but uh, yeah, a lot of ciphers. That's really cool. Um, yeah, that's a good one. A lot of neat. Uh, so many, so many great options. Uh, one of them that I, I see on here too is another one I did, Jennifer. I did much better with this other one. It's a Fibonacci one. And so I was much more careful <laughs> to make sure that it was done, you know, without so many weird parts that it might break. So I made it very made it much more simple. But uh, what's funny about that one is somebody uh, DNF'd it uh, not that long ago. And my first thought is, oh, no, I busted this stupid puzzle again. <laughs> Turned out they just couldn't find the container. Mm -hmm. So, because it is a little tricky, it's the uh, so the difficulty on that one is is really because of because of the container, and you know that's something I've always struggled with this, and I, I don't know if there's another if there's a way. Well, two things. Let me ask you a couple things. One is, do you think that we can ever get to the point where geocaching.com separates out? Puzzles, make up like a little, take like a jigsaw puzzle, make that an icon and make a puzzle geocache separate from mystery. Yeah. Un I, unknown. I know exactly what you're saying. The, the short answer is I wish they would, but I kind of doubt it. It's something people have been asking for for a really, 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 really long time. If you go back and look at the suggested changes and why don't you this and that, um, that is one that has got to be near the top of the list and it just hasn't happened. And part of that, I, you know, they talk about how it would be so confusing for the caches that are already out there. I think we could probably figure it out and move on, but that's something I have to be very clear about when I um, talk about puzzles, you know, at events and, and when I do my geocaching puzzle of the day or whatever, I'm talking about the solve at your desk type puzzles and that's only one kind of little blue question mark. You know, there's challenge caches and there's um, night caches and there's field puzzles. And so there's so many different um, types of things that fit in that, you yeah, know, unknown category. Broad, it's very broad. I, I think it is. Mm -hmm. And it's something that it, it's been around long enough, in my opinion, that, you know, it's it, they fixed challenge caches. They went through the time to do that. My opinion in geocaching, if from geocache.com listening, please, I think we really need to have a puzzle, <clears throat> puzzle cache icon. And I don't think it's going to be, a, I don't think it'd be a problem if some of them weren't, if some of the puzzles were still in the mystery category, but yet we started to use the puzzle cache icon. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. Um, it would make my job a lot easier in hunting down <laughs> actual puzzle puzzles for right. 
the blog because I, I, you know, I tend to look at the titles or I look for keywords and things like that. And I'll think, oh, this is great. You know, no, oh, no, it's a night cache or no, oh, no, you got it. And actually, it's funny. Some of the some of the older field puzzles that aren't physical puzzles, you know, I'm not talking about like a little thing where you got to move the ball or that kind of thing, you know, something where you have to go and look at the building or read the yeah. the uh, plaque or whatever. A lot of that you can do with Street View or with um, creative Googling. Um, so I, every once in a while, I'll I'll do one that's that the maker intended as a field puzzle, but I can do it from sure. home. But sure. it just make, it takes a lot more work to sift through and figure out what I'm looking at. Hmm. So the, the other thing I think that has been well, I don't know. It, I wish there was a way to distinguish within a geocache that is a puzzle uh, is the difficulty. Well, the terrain's obvious, but the difficulty portion of it, it's almost like if there was a puzzle difficulty, geocache difficulty, terrain, if there was another right. category for the D. Mm-hmm. Um, how some, do- some cache owners specifically say, you know, the difficulty is for the puzzle. The hide will be, you know, a one and a half when you get there. And and some will say it's both, you know, or, the, the, or yeah, be the or the opposite. So, like you said, the right. maybe the puzzle's not that hard, but the difficulty of the cache may be. It's difficult. sneaky, yeah, yeah. When you get there, mm-hmm. so I think you're right. You know, as it is now, either the cache owner has to state it up front, or you just have to see. I mean, with me, I think I tend to focus on the puzzle part. My hides are never that hard. I don't think because. <laughs> They're, they're just not, you know, I, I feel like the hard work has gone into doing the puzzle. And so I reward you with a pretty easy find, you know, not everybody thinks that way, but that's, that's really the way I think. You know, and th- that's something that um, I think is really good. I, I do appreciate that, you know, um, um, but like you said, if you're going to do something different with the difficulty and you're going to create a puzzle. I think it would be great if in the description you would at least let us know as a as a as a geocacher wanting to do your puzzle. Let us know. I mean if if the if the hide is difficult, that's okay as long as we know about it mm-hmm. ahead of time we can kind of plan accordingly. Um so I know some people are wanting in I, I, I is it possible? I guess it's possible. Do you know if anybody has done um, or completed, I'm sure people have, but a, a, a fizzy grid of all puzzles. Yeah, I know. Um, Cully has, I know. And I know some other people uh, have done it as well. I don't know if they were really all puzzle puzzles or okay. if you could include just any kind of blue question mark. Right. That may be up to... You know, the person Mm -hmm. who's trying to put it together, how they feel about it. I don't remember if I asked him about that, but some of them are really hard to find. I mean, like a, like a one five Mm. puzzle, you know, is going to be not very easy to find or or even a one, four and a half or anything. So it is, it's, uh, it's not easy, but it has been done. Right. That's, that's advanced stuff. That's beyond beyond me personally (laughs) but i like that they i like the thought that people Mm -hmm. are doing that that they're um that's something the memphis mafia or some other people are probably uh would love to do is to do uh the uh mystery 
the mystery fizzy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah mystery fizzy be kind of is really kind of cool. Um, so on on my site, I used I think it was um, I used events for for Riddler and um, like for my O Leonardo, which is the Fibonacci one. I don't have a checker, but it's not really that difficult. So. Let's talk for a minute, and I know you've we've <laughs> we've talked a lot, uh, or you have talked a lot, uh, and I really appreciated your information about checkers. So let's talk checkers for a little bit. Um, should should a should a puzzle have a should have a should should a puzzle have a way to check it? I like that it when people have ways to check it, just to be sure. You know, there's some puzzles where it reveals the answer, you know, sort of visually. I mean, and, and when you find it, you know you found it. So, and, and some puzzles will say that. They'll say, you know, the checker really won't be needed if you've got the answer right. It's still kind of nice to have a checker sometimes because you can put it in there and, and you know, be sure you didn't goof something up. And a lot of times people can put extra information in there in the checker. They'll tell you a little bit more about the hide or they'll tell you where to park or they'll tell you where the trailhead is, you know, things that they don't want to necessarily put on the cash page because it might help, mm-hmm. you know, give away where the puzzle is or something. Right. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons that I kind of like um, having it. I also like to, I can kind of cut and paste and then put that in my notes or put that in my, um, you know, where I change the coordinates, I can just sort of do it all at once like that through the checker rather than trusting myself to type it in properly and not, you know, goof something up. So I, one, I do appreciate having a checker. Yeah. One thing I like as a person who's sort of a casual puzzle <clears throat> doer um, is the one that tells you how many people have been right and how many people have been wrong. Which one is that one? Well, there's a couple of different ones. The okay. um, GeoCheck will do that with kind of the green light, yeah, red the, light. The the one that has the, okay. And, and the it's one has the, is the one with the thumbs yeah, up and the thumbs that's down. The, that's the one yeah. I'm thinking of, certitude. I think yeah. for, for as a casual person doing them, and I really want to talk about creation mostly tonight, I think we have, but... Um, I, I like that one. So as a puzzle creator, um, they're all good. I think they all have different positives. Um, I like the events cause it seemed to be simple to, to set up as a, my first puzzle creator. Yeah, there's, there's absolutely pluses and minuses to all of them. I can tell you that if you are worried about somebody brute forcing it, then events is the one to use because it's pretty much impossible to brute force. It has very strict limits on how often you can make guesses. Uh, And I think that's why some people really don't like it because if you sometimes type something in wrong like me and then it makes you wait to just to fix a silly typo, it's kind (laughs) of maddening, (laughs) but you're not going to brute force it. That's for sure. Um, The other ones, it really, really is a personal preference depending on how much information you want to put in there and what kind of puzzle it is. With certitudes, you can have a keyword puzzle instead of a coordinates puzzle, which is is kind of a fun twist. Um, With GeoCheck, you can put photographs and things like that in there with the the answer. Uh, Both of those, you could put extra little hints about the location or you know, give coordinates for a trailhead or something. So 
you know, it's really just kind of a personal preference. And I think it varies a lot regionally, too. The Certitude started out in California, mm -hmm. um, so they use it a whole lot out there. But it's really gone kind of worldwide now. You, you'll see them all over the place. So really, um, you in, as a person who's creating a puzzle, well, let's say if you're advanced, of course, you can use whichever one you like. But if you're going to create one for the first time, and I know it's they all have different things, but um, are any of them easier for for the cash owner to sort of dip their foot into as far as using one and putting it on a website? I think they're all pretty roughly equivalent. You know, okay. you, you do have to have an account, I guess, to do the geocheck one. But the other ones, I think you can pretty much just, um, you know, it, it's more, you give it the information and then you kind of just have to cut and paste the HTML that it gives you to to put it on your on your page. So, and some people, you know, haven't ever seen that HTML before if, if they um, have just used the very simple cache page, you know, creator thing through geocaching.com. So that can be a little daunting, but it's really not very hard. You just highlight it and okay. copy it and paste it right in. And there it good. goes. Well, that's good to know. That's yep. Good. So now um, recommended puzzles for puzzle makers. And you, you've put a, a note in here. Tell us a little bit about Geo Odyssey. Geodesy. Geodesy was a, a kind of a, a puzzle event that happened um last winter into last spring uh put out by the same guy that did the puzzle caching 101 down okay. in florida it did not start out as a geocaching puzzle it it used some things from geocaching.com um but it wasn't strictly a geocaching puzzle he since gone in and uh put a cache that you can go and find um, if you solve the whole thing. Oh, okay. Um, but it cool. was a ton of fun. It had a whole bunch of different levels. And and the reason I, I um, suggest it for puzzle makers is because he talks about the process of creating puzzles and he references a specific book that I don't have here in front of me, unfortunately. Um, but it kind of talks about the, the psyche of the puzzle maker and how you, you really do want your your opponent to defeat you. You know, you want people to solve your puzzle. Um, we hope. I, right. I have to say that. You know, <laughs> I, I unfortunately, I think there's some people out there who think, oh, you know, I'm going to make this tough puzzle and nobody able to solve it, and you know, that'll show how smart I am, whatever. But you know, that's not the kind of puzzles that I would advocate for. I I want people to make puzzles that that entertain people and teach people and help them feel smarter, not help them feel you know, inadequate or stupid or something. Um, well, in, in a variety, you want, you want difficult, you want moderate, yeah. you want, you want easy, you want a variety. Exactly. Out there. Mm -hmm. And, and writing um, a entertaining, fun, but not that difficult puzzle can be challenging, you know, and, and there's a lot of puzzles that the work that goes into them just just making them is so much more than the effort that would have to go into solving them right so that's that's something that always impresses me when you look at something and you're like you know how the heck did they come up with that <laughs> or how did they make that work labor of love it, it is it is so i saw one one time um they had used the uh the geocaching attributes mm -hmm. which is kind of i thought 
Well, that's so awesome. I, I, why did I think of something like that? But, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah. you know, cause you, all the attributes are out there, you know, on a, on a, on a, um, well, you know, um, stealth 24, you know, can yep. be stealth required winter available in winter. And they've, they've used that as sort of, a um, uh, cause it's on, what's cool about that. I think, <coughs> pardon me, is that it's on the cash page like intrinsically right therefore it was kind of one of those things that um really kind of like oh it's right there it's in plain sight and you just never think about exactly it's very easy to overlook Mm -hmm. there's so many little things that you can use you know as as a a cash maker that i think maybe people don't really forget about you know the the date that it was hidden i thought i heard one time about you know somebody used that because you can put whatever date July 4th, 1776 is a, uh-huh. a hidden date. I thought, oh, that's so cool because it's on the page. So maybe um, maybe for those that have, well, really well, whatever level of, pu- of puzzle cache creation that you've done, maybe just stare at a cache page for a little while and think about it. Yep. And when you create a cache, but the process of putting together the cache page, you know, you think about all those little things, you know, the... The name, even the name you put on there. I don't have to put Team AJK, you know, wrote mm-hmm. the puzzle. I can right. say, you know, anybody. Right. Um, so every little piece that you put in there could be a place that you could leave some kind of a little, uh, I call them breadcrumbs, Bread you know, crumbs. something mm-hmm. for people to follow. Because if your puzzle is something that, you know, it's just random or if it feels like, the person has to, you know, totally read your mind and figure out what you're guessing. You know, a colleague gives the example of, you know, pick a number between one and a million. You know, <laughs> you don't want to just start guessing and throwing numbers in there. That That's right. not fun. So you, you really have to put some thought into how it is you're going to gradually lead somebody there, um, but not at the same time put like a big flashing uh, arrow runway lights saying, you know, here it is. It's, <laughs> it's <right there." laughs> you, you got to find that happy medium that that's what makes it a puzzle. It, that's fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. and that's, um, and there's different ways, uh, you know, once you start getting into those levels that we, you know, we, we really didn't get, get a chance to talk about tonight. Maybe we'll do another show, uh, Jennifer, if you're open to it, we'll talk about sure. more advanced We'll, we'll get into this is sort of a uh, geocache creation 101 show we might get into more advanced type uh discussions uh at some point but you know something we've talked about before um and that is getting into the source code um and you can leave <laughs> like we like i told you the frustrating one i tried to do one time is somebody left and they went to a lot of trouble i give them credit for this they went to a lot of trouble to leave a false breadcrumb in the source code that drove me. It took me time and, yep. and I, I was able to break the, the code and everything. And it was kind of like the, um, I, I, the, the thing I always think about Jennifer for this one is the, um, in Christmas story where, um, Ralphie gets the, his little decoder ring and, he, yeah. <laughs> and it's eat more, eat more Ovaltine. At yep. the end, he's like, that's it. 
Eat World Team. That's the code. Oh, come on. So at the end of this one, it was, hey, you did you did great breaking this little portion, but that's it. That doesn't lead to anything. I'm thinking, you've got to be kidding me. I spent all this time on the source yep. code. Well, the, the red herring is, you know, a, a much beloved uh, part of mysteries. So yeah. I actually have a, a puzzle cache called Nine Little Fishies. And I employed um, something like, I think it was nine. I may have actually added one later. Uh, things that were actually red herrings. So it kind of taught you different places to look for these red herrings. And then there was one place where the, where the coordinates were. And so some people kind of took it as a challenge even after they found the coordinates to keep looking to see if they could find all of the other red herrings that were in there. So that's awesome. That can be, um, yeah, that can be kind of a fun way to sort of learn those things. But uh, yeah, there's, go ahead. Oh, there's no, I was going to say, you know, there's, that's something I think that um, makes it even a much more richer, you know, like for, you know, I use that example I never finished the puzzle. I may go back and try to finish. It's a much more difficult one, but I, at the end of that little piece of time, I feel like I, I, I enjoyed it, even though at the end I got nothing out of it in a sense. See that, that feeling of, of getting something, at least you got that part, right. You know, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, we, we call that the aha moment, you know, when you're like, Oh, I get it. I understand it. I know what's happening. And, and even after the aha moment, you still may have some work to do to get to the solution, but right. that's, that's what we're striving for. And that's the joy I think of, of the puzzling. And it's kind of, it's just like when we're caching, right. You know, mm-hmm. you, you find the cash. Yay. That's, that's the feeling and yeah. you can absolutely duplicate that in the puzzle solving process. So I, I think when I actually go get to find the cache, that's kind of icing on the cake for me. I get the first find just by finding the answer. And then I get the second find if I ever go and actually can find the cache. So. And, and, and there are folks out there that are just, um, we talked, I think before the show, we talked a little bit about first to solve FTS. Oh yeah. Um, and that that's really something cool. Do. Well, that's the thing that the certitude server um, checker can do is um, you can put your name on there and you can, you know, be right up there in front of the world as the, the first solver on there. So that adds this kind of little competitive puzzle solving aspect, which not everybody enjoys, but well, yeah, I'm but... too competitive for my own good. So <laughs> well, I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that it's... Um... That there's something like that, that that is out there, you know. And it's another way of seeing who solved your puzzles, you know, along with that. If you have a, um, what if you make a puzzle for, for premium members or any cash, you can look at the log and see who looked at it. But um, I tend to not make things premium unless I've got a, you know, gold ammo can or something like that for somebody. Right. Right. But um, so looking at the certitude log is another way for me to see who it was that was actually looking. And that's kind yeah. of fun. You know, um, somebody talked about la- or we talked about last week with Russ um, because his book cashed out does have puzzles in him, and I know we we talked about you're hoping your your uh, suggestion for Russ is to do another uh, more puzzle caches, more puzzles. And, yeah, more puzzles in more the books. Puzzles. So, <laughs> <laughs> but um, in the book, um, he does his um, character Cliff Knowles um, does get involved with hunting for somebody who um was in, in his book he even he he refers to aka 
the American Cryptogram Cryptography Association. Mm-hmm. And then also in real life, you know, Russ was a president at one point of the ACA. Yeah. Um, you know, Limax, uh, who lives out in that area, um, he's a member of ACA. So what, um, what, what are some, what are some things about ACA that I think, um, draws, well, other than crypt- cryptology, I guess, right? Yeah, it stands for, uh, American Cryptogram Association. Okay. So people who like to solve ciphers and create ciphers for each other and, um, create tools to help you solve ciphers and write programs and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, um, I'm not a member. I have thought about joining. I, I have to be careful about all distractions. You know, <laughs> if if I, I've only got so much time I can yeah. do with puzzling. And um, there was another one I checked out. The National Puzzlers League is another one that's kind of interesting. Oh. And it's uh, people again. They're writing puzzles for each other. And this was something that um, was was alluded to in the uh, geodesy puzzle that I mentioned. And um, it's it's kind of a fascinating um, format that they use. It's quite different from a lot of what we do with geocaching puzzles. I found it challenging and interesting, mm-hmm. but um, I just found I didn't really have the time, you know, to keep up with it. Sure. So there's yeah, only so many hours in the day. <laughs> yeah, and that's something that um, is different, cha- sometimes challenging, sometimes it, it makes geocaching puzzles sort of unique in the sense that it's got to lead you somewhere. You just can't create, you know, I mean, if you want to do national puzzle, puzzler, puzzlers league or other things like that, then by all means you can go do that. But that's, I guess one thing that is a benefit for us that are not big, that are trying to get into puzzles more is it's got to lead you to a coordinate of some type, mm-hmm. you know, so, unless it's a keyword puzzle, sure, which there are, um, mm-hmm. but it will, uh, Right. Most geocaching puzzles are going to lead you to a set of coordinates, usually 14 or 15, depending on where you live. Um, Sometimes they only do the minutes portion or sometimes only the decimal minutes. So you only have six numbers to work with. Those are even harder because you don't have any. It's hard to get a toehold. If you know the first number has to be a four, like I do here, then that that helps. Um, But it can be tricky you know talking about professional puzzlers i have to mention there are some professional puzzle makers who write geocaching puzzles too there's one that lives not far from me who has published a lot of different logic puzzles and sudokus and all that kind of stuff i know of a couple that have done um like new york times uh crossword puzzles that have done you know geocaching puzzles and it is it's kind of really amazing to think about being a a professional puzzle maker. Yeah. You know, I would love someday, you know, my bucket list. I'd like right. to get a, a puzzle published in something like that's not geocaching, but it'll probably never happen, but well, it'd be cool. <laughs> you never know. It might. <laughs> yeah, um, well, a couple things too. Um, we mentioned about the CIA. Have you, have you looked at all? Are you familiar with the CIA headquarters? They built, they, they built that whole sculpture out front. Yeah, um, I'm familiar with it, but I I haven't really delved into it, and I've certainly never, you know, thought about trying to solve it. I'm, solve I'm not it. in that league, <laughs> but it is cool. It just as a piece of art. I think it'd be cool to go and, uh-huh. you know, get your picture taken next to it or whatever. I think. Yeah. Another thing, you know, I thought uh, it'd be interesting if they ever. I don't know if anybody will ever do one or or have done one, but it'd be kind of cool to have a 
mega event, it'd be nice if it was a mega event, but do a mega event that's that basically is a its theme is puzzle caches. So you could do uh-huh. like you could kind of hopefully clear the area um, around the around the event, and you could do puzzles in town um, uh-huh. and really kind of drive home because they have like um, there's Earth Cache, there's an Earth Cache mega event. Um, I think it'd be cool to, to have like a puzzle cache mega event. That'd be awesome. I know there are different um, events and mega events that have a puzzle component. Um, sure. And there was one, well, I'm sure more than one, but one that I know of and that I helped participate in, uh, I tested the puzzles for was the MOGA mm-hmm. event in Ohio uh, right. last, uh, I don't know, winter, couple of years. spring. Oh, this- this past year? Oh, yeah, this, just this the one, just in 2016. Yeah. Past, right, Cincinnati was where, yeah. I um, knew the guy that wrote the puzzles for that and uh, tested them out beforehand. And that was that was a lot of fun. So uh, I would love to be able to go to one of those. I mean, I, there are cashers that have, caching groups that have monthly puzzle events where they get together and solve puzzles and, and have fun and go out and maybe find a puzzle. Mm-hmm. cash made just for that event but i think a a big event and uh you know that'd be that'd be a hoot yeah that'd be cool um well wonderful um you know that's um i i think this was helpful for me hopefully it would be helpful for others to really uh you know get you know, think about how to how to make one you know and, and really uh, really encourage people to to Instead of just hiding in dis- normal traditional cache, you know, you've you've got your spot pointed at, pick, picked out. Turn it into a puzzle, and don't mm-hmm. do a regular traditional. Make it into a puzzle. And, yep. uh, just think about the kind of puzzles that you have tried that you enjoy, or something that looks like fun. Keep in mind you want to keep it fun. If you can get some kind of a theme in there, coordinate with the location or the container or that kind of thing that that sometimes adds some extra fun you know there's there's a lot of ways to to make it fun cool um well coming soon ne- next this is interesting what we kind of talked tonight and maybe a little bit about creation 101 um <clears throat> something we're going to talk about next week with uh i'm having on antaeus jeff arbaugh and the show uh, i i titled it now what now what and the idea is uh and jennifer we've both been in this situation you get to ground zero of a of a cache and you can't find it. And so what do you do now? So we're going to talk about that uh, next week on the show is what is it that you would do next? What are some things you can do to try to actually find that elusive um, cache? And then uh, week, week after that, I'm going to have on Craig Michelle, um, see my shell. He's an uh, Australian geocacher and we're like 12 hours no we're 14 hours different or something like crazy like that but so it's gonna be monday morning <laughs> i know i was like i asked him i said are you sure that this time is okay with you he's like yeah it's fine so um it's it'll be monday morning for him in the future um but it'll be <laughs> sunday night <laughs> for 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 the show so anyway i'm having him on a couple of weeks and then again the eight hour uh, charity podcast will be on uh, December 4th. Uh, and I had somebody mention to me, it's like eight hours. I'm thinking just pick an hour and listen to, you know, just pick out one hour of it. Uh, if you want to, you know, I, I don't expect anybody to stay <laughs> glued for the, for eight hours, but 
Um, there's going to be a lot of variety, you know. So if you're interested in gadgets, you know, pick out the five o'clock hour and listen to just or you know, come watch and participate uh, in that particular hour or look at the schedule and kind of pick out maybe an hour or two that you might have interest. We're going to do, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about holiday movies at one point. So if you don't want to, you want to have something different to do and you don't want to talk about, you know, geocaching, which I don't know why you don't want to do that. But if you did want to do something or hear something different from me and from others on the show, you know, pick one out and come, uh, come listen or, or watch. Uh, I am going to take the show that eight hours and we're going to, I'm going to split it up audio-wise. I'm going to split it up into hour, eight or one-hour chunks. The show is actually going to be full eight hours because <clears throat> on YouTube you can do an eight-hour uh, hangout. So hopefully, it, hopefully everything goes well with that. But anyway, well, <laughs> so Good luck. anyway, yeah, I hope it goes well. But anyway, so Jennifer, thanks again for being on the show tonight. You're very welcome. Always and, fun. Yes, I appreciate it. Uh, and um, yeah, we'll we'll I think we'll do another one uh in the spring. We might uh maybe do more advanced and talk a little bit about some other things that'd be kind of fun about puzzles that uh fascinated by. So um well I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the show tonight. Uh please email me your comments at geocachetalk at gmail dot com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Geocache Talk and Facebook at Facebook.com slash geocache talk. Show can be found on iTunes. Stitcher, Google Play, as well as the Geocache Talk website. Don't forget to click on that subscribe button. And uh, so you can see the show, see and hear the show on a weekly basis. Until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go solve a puzzle and go geocaching. And in some cases, like Jennifer says, you can geocache from uh, your couch. Right? <laughs> I'm not gonna log them from my no, couch. Won't log them, but, but you can. Solve them. <laughs> but you can have you can have fun doing them. Exactly. So do that as well. So have fun solving them and then going out and doing them. So anyway, good idea. If everybody. you can't find if you can't find one to solve, go to geocaching puzzle of the day. <laughs> Actually, yes. Do not forget go to geocaching puzzle of the day, please, and go uh, go do them. So anyway, good night, everybody. Good night. Everybody follow me. Hey